0: According to a 2008 national study of student hazing, 55% of college students involved in teams, clubs, and organizations experience hazing, and nine out of 10 students who have experienced hazing in college do not consider themselves to have been hazed. UC Santa Barbara's Pan-Hellenic organizations are no stranger to hazing. In 2014, as NewsHawk reports, UCSB's Epsilon Pi chapter of Beta Theta Pi was shut down after alcohol hazing sent two recruits to the hospital. And more recently, in 2021, UC Santa Barbara's chapters of Pi Beta Phi, Kappa Alpha Theta, Alpha Phi, and Alpha Chi Omega sororities were placed on interim investigatory suspension for hazing, according to the Daily Nexus. Fraternities Sigma Chi and Zeta Beta Tau were also placed on interim investigatory suspension during the fall quarter. UCSB recently reactivated its hazing prevention coalition. I spoke with coalition representative Dr. Emma Parker to find out more about it, starting with the definition of hazing. UCSB's
1: definition of hazing comes from Dr. Elizabeth Allen, who is one of our country's uh, foremost experts on hazing prevention research. She works at the University of Maine, and she and her kind of co-researchers have defined hazing as any activity expected of someone joining or participating in a group that humiliates, degrades, abuses, or endangers them regardless of a person's willingness to participate. Um, And I think that last clause is really important because a lot of times when folks are engaged or are being hazed, it's something that's voluntary. And for a lot of people, it may not even be a negative experience for them, but that does not alter the way we interpret the behavior. You know, even if somebody is choosing to participate in something, even if they're enjoying it, that can still be hazing. And even if one person is participating willingly and not finding this activity problematic for another participant, it could be something that's really harmful or triggering for them.
0: Right. It all sounds very much so um, something that's involved with the group dynamics of certain situations.
1: Absolutely. One of the things we talk about a lot with hazing and hazing prevention is sort of this inherent power dynamic. Um, Even if a person is not out to be like, oh, I am more powerful than you and I wield this power over you if someone is trying to access a group, if they're trying to be a part of a group, the members of that group inherently have some power for them because they're kind of the gatekeepers of that organization. And so there's an inherent power dynamic there of, you know, a participant wants to get in and these folks have the power to, you know, deny or give them access. And even if it's not like a true access thing, you know, to really embrace them as a member of their organization or not. And so, there's that inherent power imbalance in all groups when you're looking at folks who are trying to join or like maintain their membership in an organization.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about your coalition? It's a coalition. So what groups are involved and how did you guys start?
1: About three years years ago, one of my colleagues came into my office and said, I think we need to be doing more around hazing prevention. And I said, great, what do you think we should be doing? And so he and I started talking and sort of laying the groundwork, reaching out to other campuses to see what they were doing, Um, and started kind of very slowly growing our coalition and like I said we kind of just started getting some really great momentum um there was actually a UC-wide hazing prevention conference in like the third week of January 2020 it was the last time I left Santa Barbara County for like a year and a half um, and down in Riverside and so that was a really great kind of thing that we were all so excited about and then like six weeks later we all went home um right. But yeah, so that's sort of how we started. Right now, we currently have representatives from the of Students Office, uh, Student Engagement and Leadership, Associated Students, the Alcohol and Drug Program, the Office of International Students and Scholars, the Office of Student Conduct, the Department of Recreation and Athletics. Right now, we're all staff, but we are always looking for new membership. So we're really hoping to get some students involved as soon as we can, and also would love to have faculty
0: involved as well. And I just wanted to ask as well, is like, why why do you think hazing is such a prevalent issue that we would need this holistic approach? Or why is it such a prevalent issue just in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of reasons that hazing happens. I think some of it is just sort of like, a this is how things have always been. This is a tradition in our organization. And, you know, a lot of times you don't really stop to think about traditions and really kind of like take a step back and think like, you know why are we doing this what is the purpose what are the desired outcomes and how is this impacting the folks who are participating so sometimes it's just a little bit of a lack of kind of like introspection around the activities that a group is doing so one of the things that i think is really important to get out there is that most of the time the hazing is not something that groups are doing intentionally. They're not getting together and saying, like, okay, we're gonna haze someone tonight. Right. Um, and it's also almost never something that's happening maliciously. Most of the time, the hazing that is happened happening is not the type of hazing that you hear about on the news, which is, you know, invariably very tragic and problematic. But it's you know, that kind of hazing where someone gets really, really hurt or you know, passes away is fairly uncommon. Um, And also fairly, most people would see that and say like, oh, that is for sure hazing. The hazing that we see the most of is sort of what we think of as like little age hazing. So it's things that are much more subtle and nuanced and really kind of playing at that power dynamic that I mentioned earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're things that are not intentional. They're not necessarily going to land somewhere in the hospital, but they could be really you know, harmful to someone mentally or emotionally, um, depending on their circumstances. And so that's one of the reasons that I think hazing is so prevalent is that it's just, for one thing, I think there's a, a real lack of awareness around what constitutes hazing once you get past those really horrific acts of hazing that you hear about on the news uh, and in you know, the popular media. And then I think also um, it's something that's often couched as like a tradition or group bonding and it's just not something that like, oh, this is what we've always done. And so there's not a whole lot of like critical thinking around that, It's just like, okay, well like step one, we, you know, recruit new members. Step two, we initiate them into the group and this is what that looks like, you know. And then I think another reason that hazing is so prevalent kind of in general is just that it's, the folks who are being hazed have very little incentives to speak up. Hazing is generally a fairly short-term behavior, so it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, this is really problematic or really harmful to me or someone else, but it's only gonna last, you know, X short period of time, a few days, a few weeks, however long this period is. And then I get to be a member of this group that I'm really, really, you know, hoping to be a member of. And, you know, by stopping to report at A, you know, chances are if they report while they're being hazed, it may take a little while, before we can do some, you know, before our investigation concludes, if we can really hold a group accountable, and by then their period of hazing is over, and so it's kind of like, well, what's the point from their person from the you know person being hazed perspective, and then also it could jeopardize their membership with the group. You know, uh, at UCSB we do our best to maintain confidentiality and you know anonymity for our reporting parties, but a lot of times in groups that are small, you know, it it can be you know, folks can figure out who didn't make that report and they don't want to jeopardize the potential for their membership in this organization. And so there's not as much reporting as we'd like, which makes it hard to take action and hard to, you know, target our education in the right arenas if we don't know where we need to be targeting them.
0: It seems like the nature of hazing has to do with these group dynamics, has to do with you know, wanting to be accepted or even just wanting to have like friends and have a good time. Because like you said, it's not always like clear cut and abusive. You know, it seems like relatively innocent in some cases. So it does make sense that there's a lot of disincentives to report on this sort of issue. And that makes a lot of sense as to why it might be something that's so prevalent because it has to do with all of these social dynamics, which are really important for kids in college.
1: Yeah. And I think our culture, you know, just broadly, has kind of normalized hazing. Right. Statistically, we know that about 50% of students are hazed before they arrive at college. So this is the kind of thing that some of our students have just internalized as like a part of joining an organization starting from high school or in some cases, even middle school. And so that's one thing. And then I think another thing to consider is that, you know, alcohol is often involved in hazing. And I think. You know, our culture has normalized some unhealthy behaviors around alcohol. And so I think sometimes some of the things that happen in hazing behaviors are things that we haven't sufficiently problematized as a community.
0: So, taking all of this into account, all of these social dynamics and how it's normalized and everything, what are your main goals and objectives for this coalition? What do you guys want to see change in terms of hazing? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, in the short term, we are really looking forward to getting some more data about what is happening locally on our campus because something that's really important to us is tailoring our initiatives and education to our UCSD community, which is obviously different than the community anywhere else. And so we really need to get a little bit more information about what our students' level of awareness is around hazing and what behaviors they're experiencing or, you know, encountering out you know in their organizations and I love this to all of these things, so gathering some data is going to be really important. And we're looking forward to putting out a campus hazing survey, you know, sometime this quarter. We're also in the process of setting up our website so there'll be a one stop shop for any member of our campus community who wants more information around what is hazing, how to help someone who they think is being hazed, and how to make a report around hazing. And that website will have resources not just for students, faculty, and staff, but also for family members um, who might be you know, noticing changes in their students while they're at UCSB and aren't sure how to take action. So in the short term, you know, our big goals are getting more information about what's happening on campus and also setting up a website so that campus has a place to go to get more information. But longer term, obviously we would love to see ASIC just completely stop, but that's maybe not a super realistic goal. Um, I think more realistically we would love to see better education for the full campus um you know to have faculty staff and students be aware of what is hazing what are the signs that someone I know might be being hazed and how can I report these behaviors so that somebody will look into them um and so those are sort of our long longer term goals are sort of general awareness for the camp- campus around
0: hazing and and how to help I think that's really cool that you guys want to take this holistic approach to things, which is also what you guys said on your website. So if that's something you wanted to like talk a little more about.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the health and safety of our campus community is something that should not just be assigned to one specific group or area of the campus. You know, it's all of our responsibility to be looking out for the health and safety of all of our campus community members, you know, that's sort of part of being a community. And you know, we have this great Accurate UCSD pledge that our students have worked really hard on. And it's it's important, I think, to all of us that's part of being here, of being a UCSD community member is just care for our community. Um, and so I think everyone needs to take a role. And I think it's also just important because a lot of times in popular culture and in you know the news media, hazing gets presented as a fraternity and sorority problem. And it really is something that happens in every kind of organization. Since I've been working on hazing prevention, we've had cases at UCSB from, you know, just about every corner of campus organizations. And realistically, our fraternity and sorority community are some of the most uh, informed and educated students because there's a lot more infrastructure. Um, we have a lot more connection to those students just because of the way their organizations are set up. Um, and they also get a lot of input from their national organizations. So, our fraternity and swerving community are heavily educated and very aware of hazing and how to report it. Um, but we don't have the same level of infrastructure for communicating with the other registered campus organizations on campus, you know, as much as we would like to have. That level of connection with all of the 500 plus campus organizations we have. It's just not something that we are set up for. So, I think the more members of our community that we can educate around this, the better prepared our community will be to sort of face this challenge and address it as best as we possibly can.
0: Another question I did want to ask was what mistakes do you think have been made in the past in regards to addressing this, um, considering that your coalition is relatively new?
1: I think we've learned a lot from you know our experiences in the past and one of the things that we've learned is just that you know trying to create more cross-campus partnerships around these issues is really a good way to make sure that we're presenting a united front um if we have just sort of individual areas and departments addressing this just within their own sort of teams it a you know makes it makes it harder to present a unified front as a campus as, you know, this is a full campus priority. Um, And so I think just trying to approach it as a team makes it a more sustainable task. I mean, hazing prevention is a huge undertaking and it's not something that's gonna be accomplished in a quarter by one or two or 10 people. It's something that really needs um, sustained engagement and buy-in from the full campus. And so I think just trying to focus our efforts as a team is going to make it more sustainable. And then I think the other thing to think about is that in the past, you know, just sort of in terms of capacity, we've done a lot of kind of response to hazing incidents that have happened on campus and we're really looking for it to be able to focus more efforts on prevention rather than just responding.
0: That's great, that's great. So in terms of your coalition and the work that you're doing, how can the people listening get more involved in helping with this hazing and bringing our community together?
1: Absolutely. So if folks are interested in joining our campus coalition, they can reach out to me directly. We would love to have more members on our team that helping to inform our initiatives and next steps. Um, and also just sort of as a member of our campus community, you can look out for your friends, your colleagues, your roommates, your, your classmates, and if you see something that's concerning, um, you know, reach out to a staff member, make a report so that, you know, we can look into it and make sure that we're addressing and helping to, you know, make sure that this is the safest and healthiest community for everyone.
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today, Emma Parker <laughs> with the team so of for taking student. the time to interview me. That was Dr. Emma Parker, Coordinator of Student Success and Community Standards, as well as a member of the UCSB Hazing Prevention Coalition. For KCSB News, I'm Holly Pearson.